When it comes to sexuality, your spouse is a unique individual and uh, he or she has specific desires and needs. And in a Christ-centered marriage, uh, we've got to make sure that we're blessing our spouse, meeting their needs and not just seeking our own. I'm John Fuller in the studio with Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin. And um, Erin, there are many couples who are dissatisfied with this particular aspect of marriage. I mean, just lots and lots of couples, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and what I would say is when couples come into my office, typically there's something they're dissatisfied with. I always kind of laugh because I'm like, couples don't come in here because things are going well, typically. I mean, some couples will come in and say, you know what, we just want to tune up. Great. But the research shows that 34% of married couples are dissatisfied with their sex life. How many? 34%. Mm. And, you know, that's, I think that's moderately high. And what I will often say to couples who are dissatisfied is, you know what, A, let's unpack that and figure out why are you dissatisfied? And then what is really leading to whatever's causing the dissatisfaction. Mm. And, you know, it can be anywhere from, you know, a medical issue to, Um, past abuse or exhaustion or mishandled conflict or disconnection. So it's just looking at what's going on Mm -hmm. that's leading you there. I so appreciate the heart and the way you just expressed those questions. And uh, it may be that you're having trouble with this particular dynamic uh, of your marriage. If so, lean in because Deborah Faleta and Gary Thomas have written an excellent book. It is a, a, a treatise, a really good treatment of the topic, and it's called Married Sex. Uh, Look in the show notes for links. Let's go ahead and listen to Deborah and Gary as they speak with Jim Daly. Deborah, let's, uh, right here near the end, let's give a little recap so that we can kind of get our hands around this and hopefully help couples do better in this area of sexual intimacy. So what are some things for us to remember? If you're having struggle with differences in desire, I would say the top three things to focus on. Number one, increase your communication about sex. Start talking about the why underneath the surface. Maybe even set a time per week that you're going to sit down and have conversations to check in about your sex life. The second thing is begin to work on understanding your spouse. Like we talked about, you are a completely different person than your spouse. You can't assume what they like or need is the same thing as what you like or need. So start asking questions. See what works for them. What feels good? What doesn't feel good? What do they need? And thirdly, I would say build your emotional connection. You know, if we're serious about the fact that our emotional connection fuels our sexual connection, then we're never going to go wrong by working on filling that emotional tank and putting the energy and effort into building our emotional connection in marriage. And that sounds like it's always the right first step. Absolutely. You know, go for the emotional connection. You can't go wrong with emotional and spiritual connection. Everything is the overflow of that. Right. That is a good place to start. Gary, let me ask you to kind of debunk the formula approach. No formula is going to guarantee anything. And frankly, if you use that kind of, speaking from the man's perspective, if you're using that formula, it's not going to be too fun over time, right? I got flowers today. I know what that means. You know, I asked her out to dinner tonight. I know what that means. So speak to that spontaneity, the need for that. The reason a formula won't work is that every man is unique and every woman is unique. And marriage is about learning to appreciate and cherish your spouse just as they are. 
had a story of one woman who became aroused watching her husband practice on the piano. He was really good. She's a musician. That really did it for her. Another one, just watching the way her husband took care of her kids. Another woman said, it's those little touches. He touches the small of my back. He'll just stroke my face or move the hair from my face. She goes, I'm just, I'm just melting. Every woman is different, but she wants to be uniquely known, uniquely appreciated, uniquely cherished, and uniquely pleasured. And so taking the time to figure out how to do that so that sex becomes an act of knowing. He knows me like nobody else knows me. Mm. Uh, I had an experience one time when we were first moving to Houston where I just wanted to set up a great date night for my wife. The dinner was a disaster for my organic wife. It was iceberg lettuce salad breaded chicken instead of broiled and all of that. But I knew her well enough where stopping to get gas on the way to go there, she feels cared for. Tomorrow, I don't have to worry about filling up the gas tank. This isn't the kind of place that Gary would normally go at the end of a workday, but he's going there because he knows I would like it. Uh, the light touches as I'm opening up the door for her, touching the small of her back during dinner. It's nothing scandalous. Nobody looking at us would say he's getting her revved up. But I really was because we'd been married for um, over 25 years at the time. And I think at the end of that night, what happened is that Lisa felt known and valued and cherished and that her pleasure mattered. And that's where sex becomes relationally affirming and personally affirming and a healthy place for a marriage to be. Greg, that was uh, quite a story Gary told there about filling up the gas tank in the car to help his wife feel more appreciated. Um, How do you encourage guys like us to focus on meeting the needs of our wives, the emotional needs of our wives? Yeah, I think two things that are so helpful for me when I think about, you know, meeting Erin's emotional needs, I know that she has such a deep longing to feel seen and to feel pursued. And so when I think about this idea of seeing, that it really, it, that's about rediscovering Aaron. It's acknowledging that she's constantly changing and, and that I want to keep current and I want to keep asking her questions to make sure that, that I know what's going on in her life and what's changed and what does she need different for me to feel loved and to feel cared for. And like, you know, like Gary was talking about, to feel more appreciated Really what what helps is to learn the kinds of questions that are meaningful to our wives. And I've asked Aaron, you know, if I'm going to ask you a question, what what do you want to know? Like, if I'm going to ask you a question, you know, what what could I ask you? And she's always told me, ask me how I'm feeling, how um, things are going between me and our kids relationally, how things are going between me and in my friends, and then ask me what's one thing God's taught me lately. In mm-hmm. in those four questions, so help me to see her, and to stay current, and to rediscover her. And I think John, on the other hand, Aaron really wants to feel pursued, and so one of the best ways that I've discovered to pursue her is just to have her answer the statement, "I feel loved when we." blank, fill in the blank, dot, dot, dot. And what it does is that she'll say things like, you know, I really feel loved when we sit down over coffee and just have a, have a deep conversation. And we just, you know, talk about 
just you know inner life stuff just kind of what's going on how you what's stressing you out lately um what are you dreaming about whatever she'll say things like i feel loved when we pray together uh i feel loved when you put your arm around me when we're in church i mean it's just little things like that then give me clear ways to pursue her and i think when when a wife feels seen and pursued I, I think that is so tapping into that deep longing to have those emotional needs really right. met. Yeah. Well, that's really good. I so appreciate the way that you are so open about your own uh, relationship, the two of you. And I hope that as a listener, you have found the conversation with Gary and Deborah to be beneficial with regard to the overall picture of sexuality in the context of marriage. And we're going to link over to their book, which is a terrific resource, Married Sex. Uh, It offers so many perspectives, stories, insights, and uh, such a biblical template for sexuality in marriage. Uh, Get a copy today. Uh, We'd ask you to make a donation to the work of Focus on the Family. Uh, We're committed to your marriage and to producing uh, podcasts like this and offering so many different resources. The website is rich in help for any marriage at any stage. And certainly uh, your financial contribution and your prayers make a huge difference in how we go about our work. So please, if you can, make a monthly pledge. Uh, If you're not in a spot to do that, a one-time gift of any amount, and we'll send a copy of the book, Married Sex, uh, as our way of saying thanks for joining the support team. We're also going to link to the entire two-part conversation with Gary and Deborah, which includes not only what you heard today, but also Uh, some further great insights and conversation. That's free to download, and that's going to be in the show notes. Next time, Dr. Julie Slattery will be with us, offering ways uh, that wives can be more encouraging to their husbands. For now, on behalf of Aaron and Greg Smalley and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening today to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.